0: Last week, Ukrainian forces surrendered the eastern city of Avdivka, representing one of Russia's biggest wins for months. Ukraine's president, Vladimir Zelensky, has said the decision was taken in order to save the soldiers' lives. But this morning there have been reports of possible war crimes in the region that those Ukrainian soldiers who were surrounded by Russians were taken as prisoners of war and then summarily executed. I'm joined now by Ukrainian MP Kira Ruk. Kira, good morning and welcome.
1: Uh, Hello, thank you so much for having me. Uh,
0: Will you uh, bring us up to date on what you're hearing about uh, possible war crimes in Avdika? Uh,
1: Unfortunately, every time we hear about possible war crimes, uh, like in 95% of uh, cases, they are confirmed. So we have uh, observed the videos of uh, uh, Ukrainian soldiers being executed, uh, the wounded soldiers, and of course it's absolutely heartbreaking for all of us. Uh, The issue is that same way as 10 years ago, and right now you absolutely cannot trust Russians nor on any agreement of taking the wounded soldiers nor on any um, agreement of treating the prisoners of war fairly. And um, this is what we are trying to deliver to the whole world the truth and the explanation of um, of why peace is impossible here, because and any agreement is impossible here because you cannot trust people on just like very basic level.
0: Now, the situation that the Ukrainian forces find themselves in, uh, we're hearing about a, a shortage of shells, a shortage of ammunition. How critical is that shortage?
1: Um, without number, naming any numbers. Uh, It is absolutely critical, and of course, it tremendously affects our ability to defend ourselves and for our forces to um, the ability of uh, hold the defense lines. The issue is that for two years, we have been hearing many political promises, but not all of them have become actually weapons, supplies and ammunition um, sets, and it is indeed very upsetting. Because you see right now Russia uh, increasing their military production. They are bombarding us with uh, Russian missiles, but also Iranian drones. And just recently, there has been a confirmation that one of the missiles that hit nearby Kiev, uh, the Bucha, the place that you probably know, Mm -hmm. so it was a North Korean missile. So they are ramping up their alliance. And uh, from our side, it seems that... The military production from our Western partners and allies is not keeping up date and we are not receiving not even what we want and we need, but something that we have been promised that we'll get here. And it is very hard to explain to people who are fighting at the front, like what's taking so long with the Congress on making the decision not even talking about getting the weapons, but making a decision on the support. And why was uh, uh, that everybody seems to acknowledge the fact that we are fighting for the future of of all free world, why there is a shortage of the ammunition, of the weapons, uh, so we can continue doing that.
0: And what is your understanding? Is it a, a political delay or do you believe there's actual production problems in Western countries?
1: Well, from what we know, it is both. In some ways, there are still illusions that you can have agreement with Russia. And we see that the recent death of Alexei Navalny will probably have a good chances of destroying this illusion. But in many places, yes, well, Europe was not ready to participate in, uh, in defending itself from a full-scale invasion. And um, it, it takes time to ramp up the production. However, for example, when we are talking about Germany, we have been begging for those Taurus missiles for two years already. And there has not been any moves forward in that matter. And it is, of course, feels very unfair because it's not that we want them for ourselves. We want them to stop the enemy that is here to kill us, to destroy everything that we believe in.
0: Now, one of the techniques that the Russians are using is to throw literally bodies at the conflict and they have wave upon wave of young men that they will throw into battle. And one of the statistics we heard is that for every Ukrainian that that dies, perhaps seven Russians die, perhaps it's more. Um, What is your information on that?
1: Well, we uh, operate with the amount of... uh... Uh, killed Russian soldiers that were given by uh, our military commandment. And as of right now, they report the number of 400,000 Russian soldiers. So we see that Russia did not change its strategy since since, uh, Russian Empire, when they were using people as a battlefield meat, and they were not counting uh, people's lives and having absolute disregard to that, and obviously, this is not how we can operate and we are willing to operate. So this is why for our military commandment, it is very important to preserve uh, soldiers' life and to make sure that we operate as democracy does when uh, we fight when we need to, but we absolutely uh, cannot sacrifice people uh, with no point.
0: Are you concerned that the world's attention has been deflected Towards Gaza and the Middle East conflict at the moment, uh, to the exclusion of Ukraine from the front pages?
1: Uh, Indeed, we are concerned because we have witnessed how, uh, how the attention is actually transformed into the public support and then transferred into political support and then transferred into weapons and weapons transferred in our ability to survive. So we know this like chain. Uh, of uh, events Uh, and of course when the attention is decreasing we understand that then it will be very hard for us to get what we need uh, for our country to continue fighting and we just really hope that um, that there are more than one fight for democracy fight for freedom that the western world can support and uh, because this is, again, part of Putin's strategy. Putin's strategy is a war of attrition hope that the eyes will be turned uh, away from Ukraine, hope that there would be um, differences within our allies and this unity would not continue. And what we need to happen is exactly the opposite. And this is what we are working on and with all our political allies and with people in the free world as well, just telling them the truth and reminding that the war is not over.
0: Now, one of the concerning uh, things is United States support. And we know that um, the House of Representatives, I mean, they've all gone on holiday for two weeks. So uh, that uh, money that was being linked to the border uh, legislation and so on, that has been held up by the Republicans. Uh, You had Kamala Harris on behalf of Joe Biden reassuring uh, President Zelensky of the total support of the United States. But then you've Donald Trump on the horizon who would undermine NATO and who yesterday, bizarrely, compared himself to Navalny, to Alexei Navalny in being persecuted by the American political system. I mean, it does not augur well should Trump become president.
1: Indeed, the political turmoil in the United States is something that is very dangerous for all of us. And when I'm saying all of us, it's not only Ukraine, it's Europe as well, because um, I think for NATO to remain strong, uh, you need to make sure that the United States is a key ally there, uh, keeping all the promises and not threatening the unity. For us, we I, I think a couple of months ago, we did not have a, like a deadline for many of the things that need to happen. Right now, we know that the elections is a deadline for us, like a deadline for confiscating of Russian money because we don't know what's going to happen afterwards. So we need to make sure that the sanctions uh, start working and executing uh, like ASAP. Same happening with uh, making sure that Russian war criminals... Um, well, at, le- at least are being documented and uh, the processes are on the court start because we do not know what's going to happen next year and um, the situation is 50-50 right now and you see the president can be saying and Kamala Harris as well that they are staying with Ukraine for as long as it takes but the fact is it's been four months since um, since the Congress was supposed to vote for the package as planned and It will be at least six months after they vote, if they vote, until the first packages of weapons from that package will arrive to Ukraine. And for every single day of this delay, no matter what is being said, we are paying with our lives. We are paying with lives of our people, both people fighting at the front, but also people who are sleeping in their beds and are attacked by the missiles every single night in different cities of Ukraine, where you don't know when you go to bed if you are going to wake up in the morning. Mm.
0: Uh, Do you have any hopes that something will happen to Putin? He seems to be um, totally in control in Russia. But if you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of young Russian men going to the front, uh, perhaps not coming back or coming back uh, maimed and wounded, um, you may get a movement very akin to the movement that was in the United States at the time of the Vietnam War. The casualty, the death toll, it's just too great. Uh, and on top of that, some small resistance growing on foot of the death of Alexei Navalny. I mean, is there any hope that there will be disruption within Russia that will help your cause? <laughs>
1: You know, today is a 10 years anniversary since Maidan and people who were killed on Maidan, when we were all out to say that uh, that the power in Ukraine belongs to people and that we will be fighting for our future. We know the high price that you have to pay for your own future and your freedom. And you just have to go outside on the street and do that. And since that time, there were many politicians who had this illusion and this hope that Putin will die and things will fix themselves. Well, this is not something that you can build your strategy on. You can hope for this, you can pray for this, but you absolutely cannot um, cannot put all your bets uh, on this. And we did not have any high hopes uh, that people will rebel in Russia even after the death of Alexei Navalny. And you see that it's either they are incapable to do it or they are too afraid or they all agree to the situation that is. Because after 400,000 soldiers that are being killed uh, in this war, after uh, the leader of the opposition being murdered in the the prison, we still do not see not only uh, rebellions inside Russia, but perhaps demonstrations outside Russia, in Europe, in front of Russian embassies or something. But this is not what we see as well. So um, it it brings us to questions like maybe they are okay with it. Maybe they think that this is the way that the country should operate mm. because we do not have hopes that Russia will rebel anymore.
0: Kira, thank you very much for joining us on the program. That's Kira Rodig, a Ukrainian MP. The Pat Kenny
1: Show with Aviva Insurance, weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.